0: Uh, The NBA season well underway. The college season also. Uh, The conference of those two is the NBA draft. Each and every single year, the best of college, step up and join the association the year after. One of the best at covering it, projecting it, predicting it, is our next guest, Jonathan Gaboni from draftexpress.com. Owner, creator, chief cook, and bottle washer. Hops on with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy New Year, Jonathan. How you been, bud? And great, Jody. How about yourself? I can't complain, and if I did, who the hell would listen? I sure as hell wouldn't complain after that game on Monday night. Are we going to see a basketball game like Kansas-Oklahoma at any other time in 2016, or have we already gotten the game of the year done and out of the way in the first ten days of the, these, the year?
1: I think we're going to have a lot more great basketball, you know, throughout the month of March. Just a really interesting season. There's no real clear cut. Favorite team. There's just quite a bit of parity. Uh, you know, there are 9 of 10 teams that look like championship contenders right now. I think it's going to be a really wacky tournament. There's some really strong mid-majors that, you know, none of these high, high major teams want to face, uh, you know, in that first weekend. So I, I think it's going to be a, a terrific uh, month of March.
0: Understood. Uh, and that's a good read on college basketball in general and team strength, but you're a guy who zeroes in on individuality as much as anything else because of uh, your DraftExpress.com and projecting who are the players who are going to be well-liked by the NBA teams when the season's over and done with and the level they're going to step up to. Uh, Ben Simmons from LSU has been everybody's consensus top player prior to the start of the season as just a freshman. He's lived up to his billing. He's had some amazing games so far this year. He's not a perfect all-around player, but he has some talents and skills that we just haven't seen in a while of a kid coming out of college as a wing player. Who would you say he's the best wing player since? Uh, does it go back as far as LeBron? Has there been somebody else that you saw that had this same kind of skill package that Simmons has? How do you put him in into perspective comparing to other top-flight guys who have been at the top of the draft in previous years?
1: I don't think he's a LeBron James-level talent. I think that he's being billed as such, and I think kind of unfairly. I don't think that he's a guy that's really comfortable being the number one option, nor do I think is he best suited for that. I think that we've seen the way that LSU has struggled this season, that he he probably isn't a guy that you want um, you know, being the, the the main focal point on every single possession. And part of that is because he's such a great passer. He really needs talent around him. Um, he's not a guy that wants to take that last shot, but he he's a tremendous all-around player defensively, as a rebounder, a ball handling, passing. He simply does everything on the floor except for make three-pointers, which is, you know, it's it's a fairly – flaring hole in this day and age, but it, I think it's something that he can continue to improve on, and if he plays kind of that point-forward role that we've seen him play quite a bit at LSU, if he continues to that in the NBA, I think it'll be easier for him to transition, whereas if he's off the ball, it's going to be an issue. So um, he's, a team, he's a guy that needs to have the right players around him, and interestingly, none of the worst teams in the NBA look like great fits for him <laughs> right now but that's you know sometimes just the way it goes and he's probably gonna have to grow into being that type of guy as his career evolves and I think he's certainly talented enough to do it.
0: How would you compare him to a guy who was the number one pick just two years ago also a wing player he is compared to uh, Wiggins?
1: I don't think he's quite as freakishly athletic as Wiggins is but I think he's a lot more mature and versatile of a player. I don't know if he has the same type of ceiling as, as a Wiggins. I mean, he's been unbelievable in, uh, you know, his first um, season and a half in the NBA here. Uh, I think uh, he's projected as a better shooter. Um, you know, he, Simmons is a unique guy because we don't really see that many players like him come around too often. He's 6'9". He plays a lot of center for LSU, but he's just as comfortable running the point. And he can guard, you know, three or four different positions. So he's a really, really unique talent. And um, it's hard to kind of put a label on him. And I think a lot of people have tried to do that. And I think we should just enjoy him because he's, you know, he's so much fun to watch um, and he's, he's such a great passer. It's really, um, you know, just that game that against Kentucky, that was, that was awesome. You know, he wasn't really scoring that much, but he was doing so many other things. Um, he's really a fun guy.
0: Jonathan Legvoni, owner-founder of DraftExpress.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Simmons, the consensus number one, most others, and you have Brandon Ingram, the fellow freshman from Duke University, as number two. A similar build except slighter than Ben Simmons, both of them 6'9", 6'10", same area. Uh, But Ingram's got to be 20 to 25 pounds lighter than Simmons. He's real thin at this time. But I remember Kevin Durant thinking the same thing about him when he was at Texas, that he's going to need to put on a little bulk and it hasn't slowed him down at all. What are the strengths of Ingram's game? Do you agree with me that uh, a little extra added muscle is going to be needed when he gets to the next level?
1: Oh, absolutely, no question about it. Uh, But you have to remember also that he might be the youngest player in this draft, whereas Simmons, had he stayed in Australia, he would have been eligible for last year's draft. So Ingram is, you know, he's in a different stage of his development as opposed to Simmons, um, you know, not just physically. But even, you know, a year ago, most of the recruiting sites didn't have Ingram as a top ten recruit. He kind of came on along – towards the end of the recruiting season, towards the McDonald's All-American game, and really kind of skyrocketed towards the top. And I think that we might see a similar level of progression for him as the college season moves on. He also got off to a bit of a shaky start, but he's been unbelievable these past 10 games or so. And, um, you know, you're quietly hearing some NBA teams say, hey, this guy is, is in the mix for number one. I mean, this uh, you know, Ben Simmons is an unbelievable talent. He's probably the guy that would go number one of the draft for today But we have to consider Ingram. He's definitely in the conversation because we just don't know what his ceiling is. I mean, everybody's looking for a six ten scoring machine, a guy that can just put the ball in the net from anywhere on the court. um, You know, that has range out to the NBA three point line. And also is a, you know, is a, is an impressive ball handler and passer. And he's got a seven, four wingspan. So he's got great upside on defense too, which he's shown. So, uh, you know, everybody says Simmons is consensus number one. I disagree with that. You know, partially because of the fact that um, I think it's just too early. I, I like letting things play out, and um, you know, I don't see Simmons as a LeBron level guy. And so, you know, let's take this thing into June and, and, and let the you know the the team with the number one pick decide who they think number one should be, because that's how mistakes get made. You know, Kevin Durant went number two because everybody decided that Oden needs to go one in November. <laughs> And, um, you know, teams are afraid to make mistakes. So I think that's going to be a different type of conversation around the draft this time around.
0: Very interesting. All right. uh, I have a strong opinion on the next player I want to touch on. Uh, If I told you that Chris Dunn is the best point guard prospect we've had since... I don't consider Kyrie Irving a point guard. I know that that's how he was labeled, and I guess he played point when he was at Duke, but I've always thought of him more as a regular guard, two guard, than a point guard, so I wouldn't put Kyrie in the mix. I think Chris Dunn is the best point guard prospect since John Wall, which was 2010, so we're now talking six years ago. Am I overstating Chris Dunn's game?
1: Chris Dunn is having an unbelievable season, and he deserves all of the accolades he's getting. He was criticized very heavily for his decision to come back to school, despite the fact that he was likely going to be a top-ten draft pick. Uh, you know, he made a very risky decision, and it's paying off for him in a major way, and you have to take your hat out to that kid. So um, he, there's really nothing bad you can say about Chris Dunn right now because his team is winning, and um, he looks, uh, he's really improved on a lot of his weaknesses, and he's also an unbelievable ambassador for college basketball. He's a tremendous kid. Um, he's really well spoken. He's a great teammate. Any interview you hear him on, he's always talking about you know his teammates and how you know how much it's his job to make them better, and that and yeah, you know, it's a reflect reflects on the court too. And he plays on both ends, and um, he's unselfish, and you know it's he's. Um, He's a great. Uh, it's, it's, it's really fun to see kids like him emerge and, um, and, and reach their full potential because that would, it wasn't looking that way two years ago when he was struggling with the shoulder injuries and all that. So um, it's really a great story.
0: We're talking to Jonathan Gavoni from DraftExpress.com, uh, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, last year, you were a big Porzingis guy. Had you on the show plenty leading up to the draft, and you kept singing his praises. He has certainly lived up to the billing number four pick in the draft and arguably having the best rookie year. I don't think we've decided who the rookie of the year is yet. I think Carl Anthony Towns has a shot. I watched Jaleel uh, Okafor a lot with the Sixers. I said coming in, I thought he was the best player in the draft and had the best low-post moves I'd seen since maybe Elijah Wan coming into the NBA draft. And he's lived up to that expectation. He's buried on a god-awful team, but he is doing exactly what I thought he would do. And Porzingis has made a huge difference with the Knicks and has already become uh, arguably their best player, at the very least their second-best player behind Carmelo Anthony. With Porzingis' first 40 games... How much of an effect does that have on any of the international players in this upcoming draft? Is there a carryover effect that people put more time, effort, more belief into Euros when you have a guy who makes as big a splash as Porzingo, Porzingis has this season?
1: I, I don't think so because NBA teams are just way too smart not to take guys like Porzingis seriously. He was evaluated very heavily by every team in the NBA. You know, Sam Hanke, you know, the Seville guys, the team that Porzingis played for, Sam Hanke was there 10 times in Seville. So these guys, um, especially the ones that are in Western Europe, they get evaluated as heavily as any player in college basketball. What I think may have changed is the national conversation in terms of the media and all that there was a lot of backlash against Porzingis and Hizonia, who went right after him at five. Um, you know, you, you you heard, it was almost like a xenophobic type of thing where, oh, he's European, so there's no chance he's going to be a good player. They're, every European is a boss, they're all projects, you know, so I, I'm really happy that a guy like him has come in and, and just, you know, changed the conversation because good players can come from anywhere in the world right now. They're They're not just... You know, born in America, there's quite a bit of talent in Canada, too, and even in Latvia, you know. So for someone like me that scours the globe year-round looking for talent, it's encouraging to see the way that his game is translated. I can't I can't tell you that I anticipated he would have been this good this early on. I don't think even the Knicks could, would tell you that. <laughs> but um, it's amazing, and it, it, it just shows you the value of um, personality and work ethic and intangibles and and, and all those things because the guy is so mentally tough and I think that's been the biggest key for him you know playing in this huge market in New York and uh, you know dealing with all the pressure and all that and it's it's been really fun to watch I live in New York so I've been out to see him quite a bit and it's been incredible and I think it's you know he's only playing at 25 percent of his potential right now he's only going to get better
0: how does Dragan Bender, the top-rated European player who figures to go in the top, certainly in the top 10, maybe in the top 5 in the upcoming NBA draft, how does his game and or level of talent compare to Porzingis?
1: I think I think Bender at the same stage is a better player than Porzingis was. You know, Porzingis came on kind of late, uh, whereas Bender has been in that spotlight since he was 15 years old. He was anointed as now, this mega prospect and to his credit he continues to improve. Every time I watch him, whether it's physically or skill wise, he's taken a huge step forward this year as an outside shooter. Um, I think people are gonna wanna compare him to Porzingis, but he's a different type of player. He's more of a small forward, power forward, whereas Porzingis probably is, you know, he's gonna end up as a center even though he has a game of a power forward. Um, So there are different types of players, but I think Bender is a very legitimate guy. Um, He's also going to be in that mix, I think, at one. People are going to talk about him. Ultimately, I think that, you know, Simmons or Ingram will get the nod, but he's, you know, really cemented himself in the top five this year. And I think once he gets over here and starts lifting weights, which he's never done in his life, I think he's only going to take his game to the next level.
0: Fair enough. Uh, And we talked nothing but good things about all these players there is one I got to touch on. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did. know a lot of guys who do this, like yourself, uh, try and do it year, not only months, but years in advance. And I tip my app to you guys. It's a difficult thing to do. There is so much projection involved. Uh, but Scala LeBassier from uh, Kentucky was thought to be the potential number one overall pick. He has not made the quick jump into the college game. Uh, you see some skills, but you see a lot of development needed, uh, and nobody's talking about him as a top pick or even a top two or three pick at this stage. Uh, where has Labissiere come up short? Uh, what have been the things that he needs to improve? Are you still high on the young man?
1: I'm still very high on Scal. It's very kind of trendy these days to – bash the kid and, um, you know, just talk about him being a bust and all that, like his career is over. I think that's ridiculous. You have to remember that this guy started playing basketball extremely late. He grew up in Haiti. He came over here due to the earthquake, which destroyed his home country. Um, He hadn't really played serious basketball up until then. He comes over here. He has a stress fracture in his back his high school junior year. And then as a senior, he's ruled ineligible because, he, you know, he's transferred due to some bad advice he got. This guy really has zero experience. Yes, he played four minutes this weekend for Kentucky. He's just not ready, neither physically nor skill-wise. But that's not going to stop an NBA team from drafting him in the lottery and probably in the top ten because his skill set is off the charts. His, he has everything you look for in a 6'11", 7-foot prospect. He's got great hands. He's extremely skilled. Rim protector he just isn't ready for this stage right now so and you can tell that he's thinking way too much i don't know if calipari is handling him the best way i mean he's not a kid that reacts that well to being yanked after every mistake or being screamed at or being told that he's soft and that he sucks i um, mean you know, this is a kid that he needs a hug more than anything and i think that when he gets to the nba there's going to be less pressure to get drafted a little bit lower being able to develop his own pace—it's not a—it's—it's it's not a the best guy right now. People are projecting five, seven years down the road, and I think he's still going to be a very good NBA player.
0: When you want to know uh, who is getting it done on the collegiate level and how their game will translate and uh, be selected. Come June in the NBA draft, you must go to draftexpress.com and check out what Jonathan Gaboni's got to say. Jonathan, always a pleasure, my friend. We will be in touch. Thanks, pal. Sounds great,
1: Jody. Have a great one.